Have you ever wondered about the controversial topic, speaking in tongues? Okay, I know all different denominations feel all sorts of different ways about this, but this is the one you guys voted on. So clearly some of you are eager and curious, and I'm excited because Pentecost Sunday was this past Sunday, and that's when the Spirit was poured out on the early church, and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues for the first time ever. So it's kind of ideal timing. I just love that you guys voted this topic. So that's what we're hitting on today. We're going to hit the really practical stuff. I'm going to share my story and process with speaking in tongues, as well as some scriptural, simple scriptural foundations for it, answering some of the most basic questions surrounding it. So we're just going to strip it down. And then in the life hack, I share a delicious, refreshing treat that you can make in the summer well, all time of the year, obviously, but it's super refreshing. It's light, very close to calorie free. It's awesome. And I just discovered it's very quick to make as well. So stay tuned all the way to the end for that. And as usual, share this episode with anybody that you know, who's been curious about speaking in tongues. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Let's talk about tongues, shall we? (laughs) So I grew up in a denomination that was not uh, a tongues-talking denomination. It was very missions-oriented, and but my parents were never like opposed to it. It just was never like practiced around me or taught on. And so, when I was 16 years old, I went on my first missions trip with a teen missions organization that is no longer. And um, apparently that organization was more of like a spirit-filled, tongue-talking type of a denomination. But people from all denominations came and, you know, took trips with them. Anyway, so apparently a lot of people on my trip, I went to Romania, a lot of people on my trip spoke in tongues. So I knew of tongues as far as had heard the phrase. Never, ever had heard someone speak in tongues. Actually, come to think of it, Before I made it to the missions trip, I had gone to one of their youth conferences where I gave my life to Jesus, like in a not my parents' faith type of way, but like my faith that I choose for myself kind of way. Anyways, I remember being down at the front during worship and hearing this person in front of me talking in like this like gibberish speak. And I remember thinking, but it was really loud in the room, so I couldn't quite tell what she was saying, but I kind of leaned forward just a little bit. I didn't know who she was. Leaned forward and tried to listen. I was like, oh, is that what tongues is? Like, I had literally no grid for it, but I couldn't, like, ask her about it because we're in the middle of worship, and I didn't know who she was. So anyways, so fast forward, I think, probably six months to this missions trip. And I remember we'd have worship nights, you know, worship sets. And it was like I, I would overhear people speaking in tongues under their breath during worship or in prayer. And I began to kind of like tick off in my head like, okay, they speak in tongues, they speak in tongues, they speak in tongues, they speak in tongues. And I was like, well, gosh darn it, I'm the only person on the team that doesn't speak in tongues. And I remember like at one point I kind of started to feel a little left out. Like, Lord, are you are you leaving me out of something here? Like... I want to, I want to, I think I want to speak in, I don't know, like, do I want to speak in tongues? Like, it just kind of started kind of giving me a little bit of an appetite for it. 
because it seemed like something that helped them in their worship and in their prayer life. And I didn't understand it. But anyways, so then fast forward through this ministry, I ended up going to Bible school. And this ministry was a huge asset in my life with the Lord. I'm so grateful. And I'm like, praying that we find a ministry like this for my kids as they get older. Um, but anyway, so I'm in Bible school and it's like the first semester there. And of course, like everybody there, not really everybody, but a lot of people speak in tongues. But my accountability partner that I had chosen, um, she, did, she did not speak in tongues. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't like a focus of conversation there necessarily. It just was kind of a, a an ever-present practice of the people around us. And so I remember we were doing an outreach and it was like one of those things where they set up all these like, it was like a walk through, not a nativity, but like the, the progress, the progression, it was for Halloween. It was a church outreach and it was a progression of a believer's life through phases and then they die and they go to hell and then da, 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 not a believer, a non-believer. And anyway, so these people walk through and they end up in this big tent where we pray with people that hopefully were like impacted and made them think about eternity and talk to them, share the gospel and all that. So while we're waiting for the crowd to come through, I was standing around talking to my, my one friend, um, spoke Spanish. And so he had a translator tag around his neck. And then my other friend spoke sign language. And so she had a translator tag around her neck. And then one of the hosts was standing, there was an older man, like maybe in his sixties talking to us. And he was saying how he speaks like four languages or something. And I was looking around at their tags and now mind you, I'm going to pause the story. Mind you, I had told the Lord when I saw everybody on my missions trip speaking in tongues, at first I got jealous, like didn't want to be left out. Then I got sad. And then I decided, Lord, I'll speak in tongues when you want me to speak in tongues. But what I ask is I ask that it would be a non-hyped up environment. I want it to be very logical, very down to earth, where I see in scripture, this is biblical. And I don't wonder if it's real because it wasn't some big emotional experience. So that's what I had prayed and asked the Lord for like years prior. I think maybe two years before. And so, okay, back to the story. So we're standing around talking and I say, man, I wish I spoke a foreign language. You know, they all had these languages they could speak. I was like, man, I wish I could be a translator, speak a foreign language. And this old man, he's real tall and, and frank. And he goes, he goes, well, don't you speak in tongues? And I looked at him and I said, no, I don't speak in tongues yet. And he was like, well, why not? And I said, well, I just decided that when it's time for me to speak in tongues, when the Lord wants me to speak in tongues, I'll speak in tongues. And I was thinking, what a good laid down, submitted place to be, right? <laughs> so this old man, he goes, well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And I was like, excuse me? And he said, that's like saying when God wants me to get saved, I'll get saved. And I was like, uh, can you explain yourself, please? Because I'm confused. And so he, he said, sure, come, let's sit down and talk about this. So I went and got my accountability partner. She was there that night. And we came over and sat down and he began to walk us through and show us in scripture where speaking in tongues was clearly a gift from the Lord it was meant to fill us with power. It was a tool given to the apostles of the early church to empower them to take the gospel to the nations so that they could move in signs and wonders and all this. 
And so he, he just laid everything out in scripture. And then he was like, do you believe that this is good? And we said, yes. And he said, do you believe that this is God's desire for you? And I, and based on these scriptures, and I said, well, yeah, I mean, it looks like it. And he said, do you believe this is a tool to help you serve God better? And I was like, well, based on, you know, what we see in the New Testament with the disciples, yeah, I think so. And he goes, well, then do you believe the word where it says, if you ask for anything according to my will, that you'll have it? And I said, yes, I do. He goes, all right, then speak in tongues. <laughs> and I was like, the, uh, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, so, and so he had us, he had us pray. And uh, I just laughed because it was, it was exactly what I prayed for. <laughs> it was like non-emotional. It became emotional because I got frustrated. Um, and so he just, he sat and he prayed with us and we just prayed in agreement and in faith and said, Lord, we believe your word. And we ask that you would give us what you promise and that you've made available to us and you would fill us with your spirit that we might speak in tongues and be filled with power. And, um, and I'll get into the, some of the scriptures that he shared with me, but then he was like, okay, now just start talking. And so I was like, I literally don't know what to do. And so he was like, okay. Now, the way he did it isn't how I pray with people. I, I from Katie Luce, who was the founder of the ministry that I went with, she had a, a technique that I liked better and it kind of put less pressure on people. So when I pray for people to get filled with the Spirit, like it's it's a little simpler. And I'll explain that in a moment. So anyways, so he, I, I it was kind of kind of frustrating because I didn't know what to do. It's not like I had this foreign language popping into my head or anything like that. He was like, just start mumbling. And, and I was like, but then all my like, you know, denominational background arguments started popping up in my head where I was like, well, what if the devil takes over my tongue and I start saying blasphemies? Cause that's actually a belief out there. And, uh, and I'd asked him about that. He was like, listen, he's like, how many times have you he said, the Bible says that if a son asks for bread, will God give him a stone or would God give him a snake? No, he's going to give him good gifts. He said, he said, if you're asking for a good thing, you can trust the father to give you a good thing and protect you from any interference from the enemy. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, well, you're right. That's true. So that kind of helped alleviate that concern. So anyway, so after a little while, I started just like, the point was you have to move your tongue. It's like, you may not have all these you might, you might have like some people, I've heard all kinds of different stories. Like some people just get like hit with the presence of God and they just kind of like have a little bit of a moment where they just kind of like this language pops out of their mouth and they just were like, I don't know what just happened. You know, I've heard that. And then I've heard some people that it took some time for them to kind of figure it out in their prayer life. Um, and then like me, where I just kind of like, it, it almost felt like babbling, like I was trying to baby talk or something. But as I focused my mind on the Lord and my heart in a worshipful per- position, there there was a moment when my spirit kicked in and I could tell that the the language that was coming out of my mouth was coming from my spirit. And um, anyways, so I did cry when I got frustrated. And so, but he was like, don't get frustrated. It's okay. You're learning. And I was like, okay. So anyways, but I appreciated the Lord's faithfulness to honor what I had prayed a couple years before when I said, I don't want this to be a big hyped up emotional thing. Now I'm going to give you the reality. After that night, for 
in my quiet time, it felt very unnatural to pray in tongues for quite a while um, because it wasn't a habit. It wasn't natural to me. It wasn't something I'd been using. So it actually felt really unnatural. And, and I, I felt like I didn't know how to navigate with tongues for a while, but kind of what shifted me And it talks about this in, I think, Romans 7, where it says the Spirit, when we don't know what we should pray, the Spirit helps us with groans and utterances that we don't understand. And there came a couple of weeks later, I went home to visit my family, and I think for Thanksgiving, and my sister's ex-boyfriend had stayed the night in my parents' living room, I think just before I got there, and he tried to commit suicide. And so there was a night that was like, the ambulance was there, and you know, it was a little bit crazy. And my heart was so troubled trying to figure out how somebody could get so desperate where they would try to take their life. My heart was so heavy and I just, I wanted to pray for him, but I literally didn't know what to pray. I, and, and there, but there was so much emotion in my, in my gut, so much compassion that it was like, I didn't know how to release what was inside of me. And so I remember just like opening my mouth and just like, praying in tongues. And for the first time, I was like, ah, this is what that's talking about. Because I felt such a release as I prayed in tongues, I was able to capture what was in my spirit and and release it to the Father in prayer, even though I couldn't understand what I was saying. It was a, a heavenly language. It was a spiritual language. And, and, and after I prayed for about 30 minutes or so, I literally felt like I had accomplished something in prayer. It felt like there was a release. It felt like something was accomplished. So that was my journey with it. Um, after that point, it it's kind of like I had built a relationship with how to use tongues and and when to utilize it. And so now it's like a natural a natural thing. When I was in labor with the kids, I was screaming in tongues, you know, like when I pray for people and put my hands on them, I pray in tongues under my breath. And that's usually how I'll gain access to the Lord's perspective of them. And then I'll begin to prophesy over them. And so praying in tongues is is a tool. It is a tool meant to help you access the mind and the spirit of God. And it is demonstrated in scripture as a gift that is given to us to stir up and and impart the power of the Holy Spirit into our life. The way that I saw tongues impact my relationship with the Lord was I noticed that after, you know, a couple weeks of utilizing it, because having the ability to speak in tongues is not the same thing as using the gift of tongues, (laughs) because then you reap all the benefits of it. So I noticed that there was a real deepening of my intimacy with the Lord, like my ability to connect with the Father in these deeper places, I felt like was really enriched by the fact by speaking in tongues. And in fact, I remember that around that time, I started just knowing things about the Holy Spirit that I hadn't read or learned anywhere. I just somehow knew things. And I, of course, would like vet them by people who actually knew better than I did. But I just found that intuitively, I started to just know the Holy Spirit better. And I mean, it makes sense because if praying in tongues gives you access to the mind and heart of God, and in in Jude one twenty, it says, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up In your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, some translations say on all occasions, and 
building yourself up in your most holy faith. That's what I was doing. And it actually created such a communion and a sweet fellowship with the Father that a deeper intimacy is what I recognized as the foremost fruit of speaking in tongues. And that was the number one thing that told me this absolutely is of the Lord because anything from the Lord is going to nurture intimacy with the Father. So that was pretty huge. So there's my story. Now listen, there's actually a really cool report that I saw one time. Um, I don't know where I saw it, but I think it was an MSNBC report. Now I don't always trust those guys, but it was some kind of documentary. It might not have been MSNBC. If you search on YouTube for documentary about speaking in tongues, well, you'll probably find lots of stuff. Or maybe documentary of the science of speaking in tongues. Actually, if I can find it, I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can watch it. Um, but it was a documentary where they were trying to study this phenomenon of speaking in tongues. And so they put up, they put these little like electrodes on this person's mind to track their brain activity and they would have them answer questions and see what part of their brain lit up. They'd have them have conversation, see what part of their brain lit up. They'd have them sing a song and see what part of their brain lit up. And then they had them speak in tongues and see what part of their brain lit up. And it was interesting that when they spoke in tongues, the part of your brain that formulates thoughts and formulates words became inactive. And instead, that the part of their brain that is activated when someone is in prayer was was activated or something like that. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But it was interesting that that their brain activity changed when they spoke in tongues. And the reason why, scripture talks about how out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Many of us have probably thought, what does that mean? You know, I'm going to the bathroom? Like, no. (laughs) Um, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Spiritually, um, symbolically, water in Scripture can often represent the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit. And so out of your belly, your belly, if you were to point to somewhere on your body that your spirit lives, it's like it's in your gut. You know, that's where you feel kind of impacted when... When, you know, you're hit deeply by the Lord, it's oftentimes kind of makes you want to double over or whatever. Your spirit lives, if you will, in your gut. Don't make a theology out of that, but just go with the, go with the picture. Um, And so out of your belly, out of your spirit region will flow rivers of living water, the outflow of the Holy Spirit. And so out of the, the innermost parts of you, if you will, that's maybe a better way to describe it. Out of the innermost parts of you will flow rivers of living water, a flow, a stream of the Holy Spirit. And so the guy who taught me about speaking in tongues when I was struggling to formulate words and prayer, he said, stop it. He said, what's holding you up is that your brain is getting in the way of this process. He said, normally when you communicate, you communicate from brain to mouth, brain to mouth, brain to mouth, right? From top through the mouth. But he said, but when you're speaking in tongues, the the source of your words is actually originating in your spirit, which is down in your innermost parts. So actually the flow will come from down in your spirit through your mouth. He said, your brain doesn't have to be a part of this equation. You don't have to formulate these words in your mind necessarily. Now, some people say they hear phrases in their mind and they'll say them and it can work that way me I don't necessarily hear phrases like I can speak in tongues 
and listen to a conversation at the same time. Because tongues does not require my mind to be engaged because it comes from my spirit. This last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday is the Sunday that marked the moment in the New Testament church when after Jesus resurrected, it was about 40 40 to 50 days after Jesus um, rose again, rose from the dead, he, he, he walked around and did ministry for 40 days. And then the believers, and then he ascended, and the believers went to the upper room after those 40 days. And they were in the upper room for seven days, I believe. Um, and they were waiting on the Holy Spirit to be poured out because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to leave you the comforter. And he is going to fill you with power, blah, blah, blah. You need the Holy Spirit. He is going to help you do all that I have done. And so the, whole, the disciples said, okay, we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. So they went to the upper room where they prayed and worshiped and literally waited on the Holy Spirit to show up. Well, then in Acts 2, it describes how when the Holy Spirit was poured out, he showed up like tongues of fire um, or just like little pillars of fire over everybody. And then they were all baptized with fire, filled with the Spirit, whatever you want to call it. And they began to speak in other tongues and to prophesy. And so those are the two signs that we see scripturally that indicate that someone is filled with the Spirit. Salvation comes with baptism in water, right? We get saved and our command in scripture is that now go be baptized. And that's what John the Baptist did. That's what Jesus would do. They would baptize people in water. I baptize you now in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, we see it at church. That's the baptism of water. Well, the baptism of fire and of the Spirit is and some people think those are two different things that could be I don't know I haven't studied it super super deeply but the baptism in the spirit is when you're filled with the spirit and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do the works of God now some denominations teach that you have to be baptized in the spirit no that you have to speak in tongues as evidence that you are saved we don't actually see this in scripture we see tongues as evidence of being filled with the spirit but the Bible is clear that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is salvation, is when you confess in your heart you, that he is Lord, you confess your sins, give your life to Jesus, that's when you're saved. If you don't speak in tongues in that moment, that is fine. You're still saved. <laughs> you have put your heart in God's hands. You've committed your life to him. He's Lord of your life. You are saved. But because God is so good, he's always inviting us to go deeper with him and to experience more of him. And so you've got saved and then you've got filled. And so filled is what we're talking about where the spirit comes in you because getting saved is about you getting to heaven. But getting filled with the spirit is about you helping people get to heaven. And, and because for us to go out, and it's not that if you've not been filled with the spirit you can't lead people to the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. You can. If you've got Jesus, you lead everybody to the Lord. But some things like casting out demons, raising the sick, heal, uh, raising the dead, healing the sick, um, knowing like prophesying over people, those are demonstrations of the Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit for that. And at salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit. The word says, as a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance unto salvation. And so you receive the Holy Spirit inside of you, but the power of the Holy Spirit to operate comes through being filled. It's kind of just like an extra measure, if you will. Being filled with the Spirit is how you step, and we see that in Acts. So Acts 2, Acts 1 and 2 
um, are passages that really speak to this. That's the story of Pentecost. And then 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 talk about the gifts of tongues. Um, So let me explain briefly. There are different functions of tongues. Remember how we talked about when we taught on the prophetic, when I taught on the prophetic lots of episodes back, how there's different levels of the prophetic? Well, there's also different types of speaking in tongues, if you will. The one I'm referring to in today's episode is when you're filled with the Spirit and you receive a personal prayer language that is that is meant for fellowship between you and the Holy Spirit. So that is meant to help you in prayer, access the Father's heart. But there's also um, a corporate tongue, which actually we experience this at our church a lot. Um, not so much at my last church, even though it was spirit-filled, but at this church we do, um, where someone obviously in the congregation has a gift of tongues and they'll speak out and it'll be in a foreign, like in an unknown tongue, but then someone else in the congregation who has a gift of interpretation of tongues will then release the message that God is saying. It's pretty cool because they, they kind of work together, even though the, nobody know they haven't like worked it out ahead of time or anything like that. It's all spontaneous. It's all the spirit of God is moving. And it's pretty, it's just pretty neat um, to see how the church works together to complement each other. And so that's another operation of tongues. It's a gift of um, the uh, tongues for corporate um, benefit. It talks about, you know, that your personal prayer language basically is to be kept between you and God, and it's to just build your spirit man. That one is meant to be a little bit more private. Not that people can't hear it, not that you're breaking scripture if they hear you pray in tongues, um, but it's more of a discreet thing because if it's not going to be interpreted, it doesn't benefit anybody around you, right? So if it's not if it's not a word that's meant to be released corporately, you just keep it between you and the Lord. So there's that's the two different versions. Personal prayer language, a public word. But then the third one that I've heard of, um, and I've known quite a few people to experience this, where they'll be somewhere, maybe a foreign country or with someone who speaks another language, and they're praying, and they think they're praying in tongues, and they are, but God is causing their tongue to actually be an actual language that the people around them recognize. And so this happened to a friend of mine who was on a missions trip and they were, they wanted to share the gospel so badly with these people, but they didn't speak their language and they did not have a translator. So they had no way to communicate with them. So they said, Lord, I need your help. I don't know how to share the gospel with these people, but I want to. And so they began to pray in tongues to try to see if they could get an idea or whatever. Well, then the people they're talking to start responding to them and they're like, what? And so the person sharing the gospel had no idea what they just said, but someone came along later in the situation who was like, you just spoke, you just shared the gospel in their language. And they're like, what? (laughs) They had no idea how to speak the language, but God enabled them supernaturally to speak an actual earthly language to communicate with people. So that's the three different um, versions, if you will, that I, or expressions of tongues. Tongues literally meaning foreign language or a language. Um, So personal prayer language, what I'm talking about today, what Pentecost was about and what you're being filled with the Spirit is all about. That's this about receiving the Holy Spirit in power to do the works of the ministry and it will show up through speaking in tongues and prophecy. Prophecy, I talked about quite a few episodes back. It was a four-part series and then I think episode 13 and 14 
um, or the first couple episodes I did on prophecy. So you guys can go back and listen to that if you want to. But prophecy and speaking in tongues are the two signs that show that the Holy Spirit, um, that you've been filled with the Spirit. Why should everybody speak in tongues? <clears throat> we, <laughs> we had a gentleman come and speak at our church this week. And he, he's like, listen, every believer should speak in tongues. Every believer can as far as they're, they're able to receive it. Every believer should because here's why. And I really appreciated his perspective because not should like shame on you if you don't, but should like you can have an expectation to speak in tongues because it is a gift that God makes available and he does not play favorites. Like I felt when I was seeing everyone speaking in tongues and I wasn't, I felt like God was playing favorites a little bit, but you know what? He wasn't. Possibly the Lord was waiting on me to ask for it. Probably I could have been filled with the Spirit way earlier if I just had realized I could literally ask for it. I think I was super cautious not to be, um, what's the word, a sensationalist, and I was unfamiliar with it, so I was just very cautious, and the Lord, of course, respected that. Um, but, okay, so why should everyone speak in tongues? One, it's biblical. We've seen this. Acts 2, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 shows clearly it is a gift. From Jesus, number two, it's a gift from Jesus. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that was Jesus. I believe that was some of his final words. Yep, because right after that, he was taken up into heaven. And then in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. So I'd really encourage you guys, if you're curious about this, or if you've always wondered... Go and read Acts 1 and 2 and read in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and possibly even just do a search for tongues or places where people spoke in tongues in scripture and just pay attention that whenever people were sent out, they were prayed over and filled with the spirit and then they went out to do the work of ministry. That's the whole reason Jesus sent him to us. That's the whole reason Jesus left so that we could be empowered and God is like, let me empower you so you can do all that I have done and even more. He talks about in John, he said, you'll do even more than I have done. And he left us Holy Spirit so we could do that. So if you as a believer feel like something is lacking in your life and you're like, I just feel like there's more, possibly this is the more that you're looking for. And so I would, I know lots of people who have prayed and asked the Lord in their quiet time to fill them with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have someone lay hands on you. You don't have to have someone even there with you. It's the Holy Spirit who gives it. It's God who gives it. You have access to God. And the only prerequisites is that you're saved, that you're a believer and you've given your life to Jesus and that you're hungry. (laughs) You're like, I want this. I want this gift. That's what I was lacking. Not that I wasn't hungry. I didn't realize I could be hungry for it. I was afraid of wanting something in an unhealthy way, but there's nothing unhealthy about wanting more of God. Another reason why everyone should speak in tongues, it's commanded. Ephesians 6.18, it says, And pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. How are you even capable of praying all the time? Because praying in tongues doesn't require your brain. It won't wear you out. I trained myself in Bible school, which, you know, sometimes I get lazy about it and I have to like remind myself, oh yeah, this is a good discipline. 
when I'm doing something that doesn't, it's kind of mindless or whatever, I just train myself to pray in tongues during that time. I would do it while I'm driving, while I'm taking a shower, while I'm daydreaming, while I'm doing dishes. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues all all the time. Now, here's a fun story. So when I was in college, I was single still. I was at home and I went on a walk late at night um, around the park. I wanted to go pray. And so I went on the on a walk at this this big park, but it had a basketball court in the middle of it that was well lit, and there was all these college guys that would come out at night in Arizona, you know, so we'd have to wait till the sun goes down to do anything outdoors. And um, so they would play for hours, you know, and there were a bunch of strong college-age dudes, and I'm out there in the dark walking as a single, young, lightweight girl, and I'm like, you know, this probably wasn't a great idea, but I'm on a walk, And I'm just praying in tongues, literally 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. I'm just praying in tongues while I walk. Well, this guy comes up to me as I'm, you know, coming close to the basketball court and he starts to hit on me. He's like, hey girl, can I get your number or whatever? And, um, I was so calm and chill. I never got nervous. I never like got all tripped up on my words like I normally would. Normally I would have been like all flustered and, nervous and whatever but I was super calm and like in charge of myself and I was like hey I was like you know I'm not going to give you my number but I sure appreciate you asking I appreciate the compliment and I said I wish you the best and I just let I was super cool and calm and he was like okay that's all right cool thanks you know and so as I walked away I was like dude how was I so chill from my core, I was chill. I wasn't nervous. What happened? And I realized I had been praying in tongues. Now, the reason why it was powerful is when you're, when you're praying in tongues, you are praying in the spirit. You are building yourself up in your most holy faith, meaning you're feeding your spirit, man. You're activating and engaging your spirit, but you're filling him because like, like your spirit is different than your soul, right? We've talked about this before. Your soul is your emotions, will, mind, imagination, all those things. Where you feel fear, where you feel anxiousness, where you feel hope. That all happens in your soul. Your spirit is the part of you that's saved. It's the part of you that is in divine fellowship with the Holy Spirit and in connection with God all the time. Your prayer language between you and the Father is unperceptible by the enemy. He doesn't know what you're praying. He doesn't know what you're saying. He doesn't know what you're praying. Now, if I'm praying in English and I'm praying for my grandma who is sick, my mind could get involved and start to kind of talk me out of my prayer. God, I ask that you'd heal my grandma. And the enemy comes in with, unless he doesn't want to heal her. And then I'm like, I mean, heal grandma if it's your will. And then the enemy's like, what if she doesn't want to be healed? And God, heal her if it's your will and if she wants. You know what, Lord, I thank you that whether you heal her here or heal her in heaven, eventually she'll be happy. You know what I mean? Like my prayers can change as the enemy whispers in my ears. If I don't recognize that's what's happening. But when you pray in tongues, the enemy doesn't know because it's a pure language. It's a language from God. Like he doesn't recognize, he doesn't discern it. And so you're praying pure I think it's in Romans where it says no one knows the thoughts of a man except for the the mind and spirit of that man. Just as it is, no one knows the mind of Christ except for the spirit of God. Wait, I think that's again in Romans because it, it's talking about praying from your spirit. 
No one knows the mind of God except for the Spirit of God. Satan doesn't know what's coming out of the mind of God. He doesn't know what your prayer language is and so what it means. So it's actually a really neat way to pray and intercede for the things that are on God's heart that you would not mentally know. So I've gotten up one time in the middle of the night, was really troubled, didn't know why, and just felt the need to enter, to, to pray. And so I'd pray and I was praying in tongues because I didn't know what to be praying for. And then when I was done, Paul even talks about when you pray in tongues, you should ask God for an interpretation that your mind can be fruitful. So I would ask the Lord, God, what did I just pray about? And then I'd have a, a picture or an image of like a kid in Asia who was in trouble, you know, or whatever. And so this is a tool for intercession. It's a way to pray what is on God's heart. God needs people in the earth to be doorways for him to move. He needs us to pray. And so it's just a cool way to make yourself available to the Father to pray the things that are burdening his heart as well. Again, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you want to speak in tongues, just ask the Father. He wants to give that to you. That was his idea. He came up with it first. Um, just ask him. Just ask him for it and then spend time in worship. Don't be afraid. Don't let your let your perfectionism get in the way. Don't let your reasoning and figuring out of things get in the way. Just trust the Lord and and roll with it. And if you hear, hear utterances come up in your heart or um, in your mind, just roll with it and just keep going. The point is keep your tongue moving and you'll be able to tell when there's a flow to it. And it might even help. You could actually play worship music and concentrate on the lyrics of the worship to kind of get your brain out of the way. Kind of like how I would ask people questions while they were praying in tongues. You could do that with the worship music. Like keep your tongue going and then listen to the lyrics and that's a good way to kind of get your brain engaged on something else while letting your spirit kind of flow in tongues through your mouth. So reading the word of God, prayer, worship, praying in tongues feeds your spirit man. Now a healthy Christian, a healthy person is someone who lives spirit first, soul second, body last, right? Meaning you're not driven by your emotions and you're not driven by your, your fleshy appetites. You're driven by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So we want to lead our lives spirit first. Well, you feed your spirit by praying in tongues. So back to that situation at the park. I was able to be cool and calm. My soul was was underneath it came under my spirit my spirit was leading that's why I was able to be cool and calm and whatever because if I was leading by my soul I would have been nervous I would have been anxious all this stuff but I had spent time filling my spirit with the confidence of the mind of Christ so when I came across that situation I didn't have any reason to be nervous because my spirit was was large and in charge does that make sense and so it is commanded to be filled with the Spirit for these reasons. Okay, it gives us spiritual power. We saw that in Acts 1.8. And being filled with the Spirit while you speaking in tongues, it intensifies your desire to obey Christ's mandate to reach the world. The apostles, when they were being persecuted and imprisoned, they were driven by a mandate to bring the gospel to the world. Their prayer was not God please just save us. Their prayer was, God, give us boldness amidst this persecution. They were like, they, they had a whole different mindset. They were people on a mission. If you've been wanting to be someone who's consumed by the mission of God and his purposes in your life, and you haven't been filled with the spirit, 
that is a missing part. And so let me take you into how to do that, okay? Um, Some steps to being filled, if you will. Spend some time worshiping Jesus and ask him. Say, God, I really believe I listened to that podcast and I see some things in scripture. I really believe this is your desire for me. I believe not only is it your desire, you made this available for me. And I want to be filled with your spirit. The disciples did it. I want to do it. I believe this is important. Would you fill me with your spirit and help me to prophesy and speak in tongues? And then expect him to. He's a good father. You ask him for a good gift that he's made available to you, he's going to give it to you. Some people experience it right away. Some people experience it, you know, days later, weeks later, whatever. But whenever you receive it, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Just receive it by faith. Like, God, I believe that you are filling me with the Holy Spirit, even as I sit here. Don't beg. If you're begging, God, please, please, I'm just begging you, please fill me. Don't beg. If you're begging, then you're not actually believing. Because like if I bought my son a present and I sat it in front of him and he sat there and begged me for that present, I'd be like, what is wrong with you, child? Do you not believe it's like right here in front of you? I, he, instead, he'd go, mom, can I have that? Can I open it? That would be an, expect, an expectant response. So ask God, can I open this gift? Can you please do this in me? Now, if strange utterances like, phrases that you don't understand come to mind, go ahead and open your mouth and roll with it. Just roll with it. It doesn't need to be perfect. Please do not, don't get hung up in perfectionism. You'll probably flounder a little bit at first. You might, not saying you will, but you might flounder a little bit at first. That's okay. They're like a baby learning to walk. They flounder at first. You'll eventually figure it out. There's no, don't be all wiggy wiggy about it being perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Just if you hear Strange utterances come to your mind. Go ahead and speak them. If your lips and your tongue start stammering, then it's time to speak. So just the point is you are the only one who can move your mouth. God is not going to move your mouth for you. You're the one in charge of your tongue and your mouth. So if you want to speak in tongues, you have to also move your tongue, (laughs) move your mouth. And so like I was a little flustered at first because I didn't know what I was doing. You won't know what you're doing, but it's okay. It's okay. Just roll with it. The point is keep your mind focused on the Lord and in worship and letting the fullness of worship in your heart just kind of spill out through your mouth. Even if you only hear a couple words, like I heard one little phrase over and over and over. I just said that phrase over and over and over. Um, Even if it doesn't sound like a language, just roll with it. It probably won't. In fact, the language that I started with, I still remember the phrases that I started with. Um... I've, I've never used those phrases since, even though they were legit. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful expression, but that's not my normal prior language. Now, I can turn it on and turn it off anytime I want to because I give my spirit permission to operate in tongues in me anytime I want to. Um, so it's not like you get taken over by this force. You know, it's, it's, it's all completely under your control. And so um, now what I do, if you have someone that you know speaks in tongues, is filled with the Spirit, and you'd like them to pray with you, you can do that. Um, Something that I used to do, and this is just kind of neat, uh, but to me it would kind of help people when they are getting filled with the Spirit to disengage their mind so that their spirit can kind of flow. I would pray in tongues, and I would say, just try to repeat what I'm saying. 
And then I would pray in tongues very quickly because obviously it's going to be hard to repeat, right? The point is I'm trying to get their tongue moving. And I tell them that. I'm just trying to get your tongue moving so you don't feel weird spitting out stuff that doesn't sound normal. Just try to say what I'm saying. And they would like, you know, I'm trying to get their tongue moving. So now keep going. Keep going. I'm going to ask you questions while you're doing that. I'm going to ask questions and then you can stop to answer and then start again. And so I would do that. So they'd be like, you know, they'd say whatever. And I would ask questions. And the reason why is because if they move their brain to concentrating on my questions, but they're keeping their mouth going, it kind of gets their brain out of the driver's seat so their spirit can kind of take over. And so that's what I found worked really easily with people um, because a lot of times it's our own selves that kind of like trips up the process and because we're just not used to communicating that way, right? Now, one cool thing, well, God is so good. He just wants to equip us and give us and give us and give us everything we need to be a success. God is all about setting us up for success. And he gave us his spirit in full measure, not in partial measure, not in bare measure, in full measure. And salvation is just the beginning of that. We need Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with himself. He wants to give us as, as disciples our mandate. The Great Commission is to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, and bring the gospel to the nations. Listen, if you're not doing that, there's no judgment. If you're not doing that, that's the mission. That's the goal. And we need Holy Spirit to do that. So let me actually pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you so much for all that you've made available to us in you and in Christ. And Jesus, thank you for the price you paid. And Holy Spirit, thank you for being my best friend. And thank you for being the, the fullness of, of salvation and, and for the way you and the Son and the Father work together. And, and Holy Spirit, I just ask that anybody that has listened to this episode that is hungry to be filled with your spirit, to walk in more power, God, that you would fill them with your spirit. We thank you that you've made that available. So we just add our yes and our amen to that. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would touch every person listening that's looking for more in you, that you would touch them right now, that you would release yourself into them in a profound way that they would hear your thoughts and and dream your dreams and, and see your imaginations, Father, that they would be filled with you and that your spirit would fill them with power, that they would be able to fulfill what you have mandated us to do in the days ahead, in Jesus' name. And you guys, reach out to me on social media. Um, I want to hear from you. If you listened to this episode and it ministered to you or you had questions or you prayed and got filled with the spirit, anything, would y'all reach out to me? Save me from the crickets and respond and send me messages and let me know what's going on. Actually, you guys really are good about that. But anyway, stay tuned for the life hack for a delicious little snack that you can enjoy. Talk to you guys later. Love y'all. Okay, so the life hack today, I'm super pumped about. I accidentally discovered it the other day when I had I was craving chocolate and I wanted like a dessert, but I'm trying to eat foods that are really water rich, like really like lots of water content because then it's more filling, but usually fewer calories. So anyways, I had some super sweet grapes in my fridge 
and I had some chocolate chips that are Lily's brand, which if, you don't, if you're not familiar with Lily's brand, it's a brand of both chocolate bars, chocolate chips, and I don't know all the different products she has, but they sweeten their sugar-free products with stevia instead of artificial sweeteners. I like stevia. Uh, for some people, like it takes some getting used to, but what I love about these chocolate chips, they don't taste like they're sweetened with stevia. They just taste like regular chocolate chips. They're awesome. In fact, when I eat them alongside other chocolate chips, I, I can rarely tell which one's which. So they're really, really good. They are more expensive. Like a bag of chocolate chips is like two something and a bag of lilies is like four or five dollars. So it's about twice as expensive. So um, I usually will buy them and keep them on hand and just eat like a little medicine cup, like a tablespoon of chocolate chips when I have a chocolate craving. But I decided to melt down half the bag. Um, it's like maybe a half a cup of chocolate chips or whatever. Melt down half the bag and then I just wash off and dry off my grapes, toss them in the pan once it's warmed up and melty and toss them around, get them nice and coated. And then I lay them out on a piece of wax paper on a big plate and you're going to want to separate the grapes so they're not touching each other because when you put them in the fridge to harden, um, you'll just have big clumps of grapes. So they'll be more individual if you separate them before they the chocolate hardens. And so, but a little tip on melting the chocolate so you don't burn it. Um, I like to turn up my pan pretty hot and then I spray it out with like uh, canola oil or coconut oil or whatever, some kind of pan spray. And then I drop my chocolate chips in there and I use like, a, um, I don't know that this matters, but I use a silicone scraper. That way I can lift as much chocolate off the pan as possible. And I just, you have to keep stirring. And then once they're about half melted, there's still some like, uh, you can still see the shape of chocolate chips, but it's about half melted. Turn off the burner. The heat of the pan will keep melting the chocolate chips but if the heat is too much you'll start to burn it and then burnt chocolate is really gross so that's how I do it you just melt them halfway turn off the burner and then keep stirring until they're melted and then you toss in your stuff and you got to do it kind of quickly because if your um, chocolate starts to cool then it's harder to coat the grapes but anyhow lay them out separate them out and I put them in the refrigerator. If you put them in the freezer, they do cool faster, obviously. But you probably don't want to do more than 10 minutes because I don't want my grapes to freeze because then when they thaw, they're kind of kind of gross um, and drippy and whatever. So I just keep them in the fridge and they're delicious. They're so delicious. My kid's friend ate all of mine and I was so <laughs> mad because the chocolate is expensive. But anyways, it makes for a great snack. And then, of course, if you don't use up all the chocolate... You can toss nuts in there. You could toss any old yummy thing that you like in there or just add more grapes. And that's your little treat. And then they're kind of like grown-up gushers. You know those gummy snacks that like you bite them and they kind of burst? Oh, or those like bobas that are like in those Japanese drinks and you bite them and they kind of burst in your mouth? They're a little bit like that because once you bite through the chocolate, then the grape bursts in your mouth and it's like juicy and wonderful. So... There you have it. And if you do it with the stevia sweetened chocolate, then there's a whole lot less guilt, and, but you're still getting the health benefits of the cocoa bean and of the grapes. So 
you're welcome. Let me know. Actually, I say you're welcome because you're going to love them. Let me know if any of y'all try this because I want to hear like if you do snap a picture and throw it in your stories and tag my Java with Jen account because I want to share you guys using the life hacks if you uh, if you try them because I want to show that to everybody and let people know like, hey, these are actually really great life hacks. Anyways, I only share the stuff that I really love with you guys. So there you have it, you guys. This is the last episode of season two. Actually, that's maybe a lie. I'm going to see if I can get my husband on to do a extra bonus episode on tithing because you guys were pretty split down the middle with the heavier lean towards tongues, and that's why I chose this one. But a lot of people wanted to hear about tithing too. So with that being the case, I don't want to leave you out. So I'm going to try to do a bonus episode with my husband. Um, but it's basically the end of season two. Season three will be starting back up in August. But make sure you are subscribed in your podcast listening app. That way, when a surprise episode goes up in the summer, I mentioned I'm going to do surprise mini episodes, like short, like nugget length, maybe 15 minutes or something. Um, when I throw those up, it's literally going to be a surprise. And so you don't want to miss those. And then if you're following me on Java with Jen on Instagram, then you will, it's Java with Jen with one N, not two. Uh, then you'll be able to see, I will let you guys know when there's surprise bonus episodes. And I'm traveling this summer to California to see my sister and I will take you guys with me. You'll see it in my story. So I'll still be active on Instagram. Um, I'm just going to be taking a pause from recording episodes and we'll be getting geared up and getting some fresh direction for season three. I'm super excited. So y'all make sure you're staying in touch with me this summer because your ideas fuel a lot of the content that I create. So I love hearing from y'all. Don't stop giving me your feedback or asking questions. I keep a list of them on my phone. So I will catch you guys later. Stay in touch. Java with Jen on Instagram. I love y'all. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.